Welcome to Whores Talk Whore. We're not really whores. We just like wordplay. Hello, and welcome to Whores Talk Whore. I'm Sharon. And I'm Melinda. Today's episode was supposed to be my cult episode where I discuss realism, but uh, there are some upcoming things to watch this November that we wanted to mention sooner rather than later. So instead, we decided to record a Tidbits of Terror episode. Tidbits of Terror, Terror, Tidbits, Tidbits of Terror, Terror, Tidbits, All right. Once again, we have to give credit and thanks to actress Carrie Weeder for creating that jingle for us. Um, There is a lot of horror news to catch up on. But first, we have some um, kind of really big news we want to cover briefly. Literally just about an hour ago, they officially announced that Joe Biden is the 46th president of the United States. (laughs) Um, so I think this deserves a toast. So we are going to break open our most expensive, um, bottle of $8 sparkling wine (laughs) and we are going to have a little drink in celebration. Spencer, would you like to do the honors? Yeah! All right. So, uh, cheers to Joe Biden and Kamala Harris our 46th president and vice president in the United States, first female vice president, first black vice president, right. first female and black vice president. So, I mean, a lot of firsts. Um, yeah. Cheers. Woo woo. Woo. I also want to announce a few other election wins that give me hope that our country is slowly but surely going into the right direction. Uh, human rights campaign endorsed candidate. And HRC National Press Secretary Sarah McBride overwhelmingly won her election to serve as state senator from Delaware's first senatorial district. McBride will become the first openly transgender person to serve in the upper chamber of a state legislature in U.S. history. Richie Torres and Mondaire Jones defeated the Republican challengers in overwhelmingly Democratic House districts in New York to become the first two gay black members of Congress. Torres won his House race for New York's 15th congressional district, making him the first gay Afro-Latinx person elected to Congress. Mondaire Jones will represent New York's 17th congressional district. Democrat Stephanie Byers became the first transgender member of the Kansas legislature. She acknowledged her election gives hope to the transgender community, particularly in deeply conservative Kansas. Maury Turner won her race for Oklahoma State House for District 88 on Tuesday, becoming the first non-binary state legislator in U.S. history and first Muslim lawmaker in Oklahoma. AOC and the rest of the squad, Ilhan Omar, Ayanna Presley, and Rashida Tlaib have been reelected, and the Dems still have control of the House. Right. Yeah. I mean, whichever side of the table you're on, I guess, I think it's it's important that there's representation, and it looks like we're getting there. Um, and as excited as I am about that, I also feel very weary today because I'm like, oh, God, we have so much work to do. <laughs> so much work, but we can take... Like a day just to celebrate for a little bit. Um, Yeah. And there was honestly, there were so many other members of the LGBTQ community that 
were elected in their states. Um, so it's, yeah, I didn't, I only it's named lovely. a handful, but it's definitely um, giving me some hope. Uh, the number of people who voted for Trump, though, is also kind of frightening. But, you know, this is just some some uh, silver lining, I guess, in all this. There's some light at the end of the tunnel. Right. And just on behalf of fellow cancer survivors, uh, current cancer fighters, um, anybody who's ill or suffering a, a possibly fatal illness, or COVID or anything out there, at least we know we're not going to get dropped by our health care. Um, I know that Trump, one of his big initiatives he wanted to push through for uh, 2021 was to dismantle Obamacare. And I know I get on this soapbox a lot. I actually have friends who were diagnosed with cancer prior to Obamacare and got dropped by four different insurance companies that they applied to. Um, when I got I was lucky enough, sad to say, to get breast cancer during Obama's presidency and Obamacare was in full swing and my insurance that was through my employer could not drop me. They paid for everything and that wouldn't have happened otherwise. I'm going to get off my soapbox because I could literally, I have proof stories of this, you know, dating back for years and years from my own personal lifetime. I just can't even imagine what people with even worse Health issues must be feeling or thinking. So that's a relief. And that for me was a big one. Vote for the guy who's not going to threaten to kill you or the ones that you love. Because let's face it, we're all going to age. We're all going to get sick. We're all going to know somebody who's going to age or get sick. And yeah, I'm breathing a sigh of relief in that respect today. So what up for for healthy quality, (laughs) I guess, is what I'm trying to say. And uh, yeah, just congrats to all the winners. Um, You know, let's try and get this country back on track. So before we move on to horror news, I just wanted to say I saw this on Instagram today. It just said, love, not hate, makes America great. So fuck the whole, make America great again. Let's just make America great. Period. Period. Yeah, because it's not so much right now, like... I know a lot of people don't agree with that, but it's not so much for a lot of people right now. So let, let's actually make America great. Yay! All right. So some things to watch in November because Halloween is never over. No, it isn't. <laughs> so here's some upcoming horror movies and other spooky and creepy things that you can watch this November. The movie The Dark and the Wicked came out on November 6th, uh, which was last night, and that Spencer and I watched it last night it's the new horror thriller from brian bertino who is the writer and director of the strangers it's about adult children coming home to visit their dying father and discovering something evil is with him um what say you well i don't really want to discuss it too much obviously it just came out uh we watched it yeah we usually wait you know until something's been out for like 10 to 20 years before we ruin it for people. Uh, <laughs> but like, so, what's your opinion? Um, it's very creepy. Okay. I will say that I think The Strangers is scarier. This kind of reminded me of his attempt to do something similar to Hereditary. There, oh. There is a lot of creepy imagery. Some of it reminded me of some of the imagery from Hereditary. Um, yeah, I'm, I don't really want to say too much. I, I think 
there was there was one thing I'm just gonna you know if anyone who watches this wants to write me and let me know what they thought about this but the the, the priest there was a priest in the movie okay. didn't really fully get that okay a whole storyline um I'm gonna watch it yeah check it check it out I mean it's definitely creepy as fuck uh it's really beautiful to look at you know there's um a lot of dark spooky imagery and it takes place on a remote farm somewhere of in, course it does yeah. so <laughs> those are always fun to watch uh yeah check it out cool let me, let me know what you think mindy when you watch it okay will do um if true crime is more of your thing um this show is new to me but it's actually season two of the hln original <laughs> series real life nightmares i was like sharon there's this new show wait back that up this episode <laughs> aired in 2019 um but uh, Real Life Nightmares presents uh, heart-wrenching personal mysteries and unexplained deaths that continue to baffle investigators and horrify those left behind. And recently, I, again, new to me, I just happened to catch episode season one, episode five from the show titled Deadly Hotel Check-In. And Sharon, guess what it was about? Elise mm, Lamb. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Um, Your white whale. It, yeah, right. If you don't know uh, the story Elisa, of Elisa Lamb, I am quite obsessed with it. And trust me, Google her name. You'll get more information than you ever hoped to know. It's all over the web. But there were some things that I did learn that I wasn't aware of somehow previously. Um, and one of the things that I wanted to run by Sharon was they had some new specialists reviewing the autopsy findings and they said that they could tell that she didn't die from drowning and they said that they could tell that by looking at the lungs yeah because it there would be i think water in the lungs if she died from drowning even though she was found in water even though she was found in water i'm not Oh man, you the put guy me on the spot. <laughs> sorry, the guy literally was like, "Well, at one way, the lungs look like spongy stuff, and then the other, and I, it was like way over my head." Yeah, talk, but well, I'm assuming. Okay, so also they might have just figured that out because there might have been other evidence that maybe she was like strangled to death, or um, I don't know, maybe there was like some blunt force trauma or did they notice that they didn't go into any sort of detail? They just no. said it was obvious she was, she didn't die. It was drowning. interesting because they did talk to one of the cops who was on the original case, but this was all like new people reviewing everything. And yeah, the new, the guy who looked over the autopsy findings, who was new to the situation had said that, yeah, there wasn't water in her lungs in that she would have drowned. And she was laying in the tank face up whereas if you're going to drown yourself uh-huh, uh-huh you know you'd imagine you'd be face down um the other thing i found really interesting is that they did interview one of the cops who initially was part of the investigation and he straight up was like yeah we botched this did the initial coroner's report say she died of drowning yes drowning at by due to uh, i forget the exact terminology but by aggravated by bipolar disorder because she was bipolar interesting hmm yeah so they did so basically all of the talking heads on the show basically did say they don't think she drowned or she they don't think she killed herself well then are they going to reopen up the case 
That's a good question because that was asked on the show. And the LAPD basically said if, you know, there's enough interest in the case, which I think it's safe to say that there is, that they could reopen it. The problem is that all of the evidence really is gone. Like the hotel itself has been remodeled and is being remodeled. Um, You know, they botched finding her in the tank the first time around to begin with. I just worry that there wouldn't be any resolution that they could find at this point. But I also kind of feel like at least it's nice to know, not nice to know, that's the wrong way to put it, but it's sort of some sort of closure to a degree for her her family, knowing that like, yeah, she didn't commit suicide. It looks like there's definite proof that that didn't happen. Uh, yeah, I don't know if that's more closure though, because then that opens up like a new can of word, worms that someone out there is responsible for her death, but but they've been saying this was a wrongful death yeah. for you know since the actual. And I'm sure her parents never believed she killed herself anyway. Right. But all right. Well, we'll see what happens with that. Maybe they'll uh, reopen the investigation. Yeah, I'll keep an eye out. The this next movie I'm so excited to watch. It's called Freaky, and it comes out November 13th. It's directed by Christopher Landon, who also did Happy Death Day, which we're both big fans of. It's a body-swapping horror comedy about a teenager played by Catherine Newton who winds up in the body of a serial killer played by Vince Vaughn. Um, Yeah, she has less than 24 hours before the change becomes permanent. I'm definitely going to be watching this on November 13th. I think it sounds amazing. Um, it's basically Freaky Friday with a serial killer horror twist to it. And Vince Vaughn. And Vince Vaughn. And well, I love when Vince Vaughn plays bad characters like Norman Bates or um, when he was... Clay Pigeons. Clay Pigeons. And he played Lester Long, which is also a very underrated movie. And if you've very. never seen Clay Pigeons, check it out. It's amazing. Jeannie Garofalo, Vince Vaughn, Joaquin Phoenix... Where is this? What is this going to air on? Or is uh, it just coming out? I like, think a movie? that's a good question. I should have looked that up. Um, that's okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll keep an eye Maybe out. Spencer can look that up uh, while we're going over the rest of the stuff. I, it's probably available on VOD a lot of different yeah, places. Yeah, that's true. I'm sure Amazon on demand, but Spencer's going to confirm for us. All right. So I just looked up the uh, release date for Freaky, and it is being released in theaters on... Friday the 13th, uh, November 13th, and then it will be released on VOD on December 4th. I'm sure it's going to be like 20 bucks, but you know what? It's a lot cheaper and easier than going to the theater. Um, Also, I found out that the original name for the movie is actually Freaky Friday the 13th, and then it just got shortened to Freaky. All right, so maybe I won't be watching it on Friday the 13th, but I'm definitely going to watch it when it comes out on December 4th, but thank you for looking that up. Can I join you when we watch it, when you watch it? Maybe. On November 15th, HBO is releasing the first of four episodes of the new true crime documentary series, Murder on Middle Beach, where Madison Hamburg explores the real-life unsolved violent death of his own mother in Connecticut, while he also uncovers surprising secrets along the way. So basically, the series revolves around the case of Barbara Hamburg, Madison's mother, who was brutally murdered on March 3rd, 2010 near her home in the upper middle-class enclave of Madison, Connecticut. Investigators speculated this was a crime of passion, but without sufficient evidence, the case grew cold. 
Over the course of eight years, Hamburg interviewed his family members and many others to learn about his mother's life and gather evidence in hopes of solving her murder. Along the way, he uncovers a web of familial and local secrets, connections to shadowy figures, and years-old resentments in his deceptively serene hometown. So it kind of sounds like almost like a real-life Twin Peaks kind of right scenario um yeah this is like totally up my alley the whole uh small town with hidden secrets trope so i will be watching that shutter debuts a new documentary on november 19th called leap of faith william friedkin on the exorcist the documentary explores the Oscar-winning and controversial horror classic The Exorcist from the perspective of director William Friedkin himself. A look at Friedkin's mind's eye, the nuances of his filmmaking process, and the mysteries of faith and fate that have shaped his life and filmography. That's, yeah, I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that sounds up your alley totally, but yeah, I'm going to check that one out too. If you go over to Hulu on November 20th, you can watch the movie Run, starring the wonderful and always captivating Sarah Paulson as a mother who is homeschooling her teenage daughter, but her daughter begins to suspect her mother is keeping a dark secret from her. Mm. And that's honestly all I really wanted to know about this movie. Right. I didn't research it any further, but it's got Sarah Paulson and yeah, it's got, it has to be good. (laughs) Um, we will put a list of all these upcoming November movies and shows in our episode description. Um, so put your pens and paper away. You don't have to write all this It's a lot down. of information. We just threw it, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, other shit to watch that's already been out. Um, Amazon Prime has a fantastic, so far, that I've been watching, a fantastic series that just started called Truth Seekers. It is created by two people that we are big fans of here at Horse Talk Horror, Nick Frost and Simon Pegg, but also features both Nick Frost and Simon Pegg, um, as well as actors Samson Ko and in his usual spectacular form, Malcolm McDonald. Mac- <laughs> <laughs> Malcolm McDowell who I swear has only gotten better with age. Love he's him. amazing. If you've seen him on Mozart in the Jungle, he's phenomenal in that. And he he's... I haven't even heard of that. Oh, also on Amazon Prime. Not scary, but very hot. Check it out. Um, the show, I've only seen two episodes of it so far, honestly, but I'm sucked in and not just because I'm biased <laughs> based on who created it. The show's hilarious and touching even at times, but also really fucking creepy. The basic synopsis from IMDb is this. A team of part-time paranormal investigators use homemade gizmos to track the supernatural and share their adventures online. As their haunted stakeouts become more terrifying, they begin to uncover an unimaginable apocalyptic conspiracy. Check it out! It kind of sounds like there's this show that I heard of that I cannot find anywhere. And if anyone knows how we can get our hands on this show, please let us know. I will pay for it. It's called Wellington Paranormal. Yes. And it's supposed to, it kind of sounds similar to this, but it, um, when I like read the description of Wellington Paranormal, it count, it sounded kind of like a Reno 911, but with paranormal investigators, but set in Wellington, New Zealand. And I 
think that show just sounds fantastic and I cannot find it anywhere. I really want to watch like it. I I did see it somewhere, but I'll look again. But um, this is obviously a fictional show, but they kind of nail that whole paranormal investigator, like quote unquote, like, you know, blogger, YouTube attitude thing like i i it, and it's nick nick frost and simon pegg i love them it's so great so it's got like the comedy of Shaun of the dead and it really does but like the first episode i watched with a friend of mine we there was a moment where we were like this is really funny and then it got legit creepy so it's a good mix of everything i really i recommend it highly sold and don't forget our friends over at the travel channel or the ghost channel as i like to call it uh the holzer files Ghost Nation and Ghost Adventures have already started new seasons. Uh, Actually, they're already up and running by the time you hear this episode. So don't forget to check those out. All right. So this isn't exactly uh, brand new news because this was announced back in, I think, May. But I just wanted to talk about the new Scream movie because for some reason we haven't talked about it yet. And now there's more information that's come out about it. We're big fans of the original, which came out in 1996. And it's hard to believe that that was 25 fucking years ago almost. I mean, shit, that makes me feel really old. Yeah. And since then, there's been three sequels, uh, one in 97, one in 2000, and then one in 2011. And a television spinoff, which came out. Most of which was good. I only saw the first two seasons and I really liked them. Yeah. Heard the third season was really bad. I may check it out eventually. You made me watch it, and I actually thought it was really good. The first two seasons. Yeah, the first two seasons, yeah. The first two seasons are a lot of fun. Um, So that ran between uh, 2015 and 2019. But Nev Campbell, David Arquette, and Courtney Cox are all going to be reprising their roles as Sidney Prescott, Dewey Riley, and Gail Weathers. Actress Marley Shelton, who first appeared as Deputy Judy Hicks in Scream 4, will also be reprising her role in the new sequel. They've already started filming uh, in Wilmington, North Carolina, and obviously pandemic. So, you know, <laughs> right, right. they're taking precautions. The crew is like masked up. I'm sure they're all like quarantining. Um, it's really interesting. If you go on IMDb, there's tons of production photos now, and it's just like really funny to see like how they've managed to start filming again a myth a mist amongst a pandemic a mist a mist there you go um so stepping into the shoes of the late great Wes Craven who directed the first four films before passing away in 2015 our directors Matt Bettinelli Open and Tyler Gillett of the filmmaking group Radio Silence, who directed last year's hit, Ready or Not, a great fucking movie. And Scream 5 is written by James Vanderbilt and Guy Busick. Vanderbilt was one of the producers of Ready or Not and also the new Suspiria movie and was also one of the screenwriters and producers of Zodiac. Busick was a writer for Ready or Not and also for the TV show Castle Rock. And just a side note here, Mm -hmm. after just two seasons, Hulu decided that they were canceling castle rock which i mean i guess you know if they don't think a third season is going to be good quit while you're ahead but the first two seasons were so amazing especially the first season um yeah i love that show so i'm a little sad that there's not gonna be a third season but whatever uh creator kevin williamson who wrote scream scream 2 and also scream 4 and then co-wrote scream 3 with aaron kruger 
sorry if I mispronounced your first name, uh, is on board as the executive producer of Scream 5. And I have to say that, like, that writing and directing crew from Ready or Not, not too shabby. Absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm not... At first, I was like, come on, do we really need more Scream? And now I'm curious to see what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, if they can bring some of the... Um, just, like, the, the energy and, like, the the fun from Ready or Not, along with just, like, the crazy, like, violence. And, yeah, I'm really excited for Scream 5. I read an interview uh, with Nev Campbell where she said that she was approached by the, the production team and she was, like, their, their pure enthusiasm and what they plan to do got me on board. So that's a good sign because she's... She's Sydney. So yeah. if Sydney is down, <laughs> I think I'll watch it. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, you may have to wait a while because. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, eventually. Yeah. It has a tentative release date for theaters on January 14th, 2022. So uh, who knows what the fuck will happen before then. But yeah, if the planet is still here, I'll go with you. <laughs> And the original cast is going to be joined by Dylan Minnette from the show 13 Reasons Why, Jenna Ortega from the show You, and Jack Quaid from the show The Boys. One cast member that is still unconfirmed is who will be killed off in the iconic opening death scene of Part 5. It was Drew Barrymore in the original, as we all know, Mm. uh, followed by Jada Pinkett Smith, Leah Schreiber, Kristen Bell and Anna Paquin in the sequels and Bella Thorne in the MTV series. Rumors have been circulating since August that it's possibly going to be Selena Gomez um, after <laughs> I don't know who pays this much attention, but apparently um, Courtney Cox and David Arquette and some other cast members began following Selena Gomez on Instagram. And so, like, some really, really intense Redditors notice that, I'm guessing. Like, some people with nothing else to do. I mean, honestly, he's, it's a pandemic. A lot of people are confined to their homes with nothing to do. But this shit happened before the pandemic. <laughs> like, um, like, people have always been, like, this kind of, like, into figuring out movie plots and everything. Um, but, yeah, I guess because they all started following her, they are assuming that it might be... Gomez um and also apparently Cox wrote can't wait to meet you and apparently that comment has now been deleted so who knows um Matthew Lillard has also been calling for Stu to return despite his apparent death in the first movie Stu was actually originally set to be the main villain of Scream 3 and Lillard revealed in an interview after the news of Scream 4 broke that Stu was originally going to have survived his death in the first movie and was going to be the mastermind behind the, the killing spree targeting Sydney from prison. The idea was canceled after the Columbine High School massacre broke out three weeks before filming Scream 3 was supposed to begin. Lillard tweeted back in September, quote, I mean, it was just a TV, right? You think he'd survived. Hashtag Stu. I have to say, I've always been a Matthew Lillard fan, but um, his performance in part three, uh, or season three, or whatever we're calling it, of Twin Peaks, knocked my socks off, and the socks of many other friends of mine who are not Matthew Lillard fans. They were like, holy shit, is he good? So I've always loved Stu. He was one of my favorites. I would be down for this, quite frankly. But I think he died. But... Who knows? 
It's horror. I mean, you it have... It was just a TV, a giant ass TV. <laughs> Anything is possible in horror, but which is why I him. love horror. I'm just really glad that Matthew Lillard had a chance to prove himself as like a damn good actor. Because I think he's awesome. Agreed. So if you're listening, Matthew Lillard, we love you. <laughs> Agreed. Um, understandably, the plot is being kept tightly under wraps for the new sequel. But when announcing her return, Campbell did provide one hint. Quote, I am beyond excited to step back into the role of Sidney Prescott and return to Woodsboro. End quote. And if you go to IMDb, the plot listed for Scream 5 simply states, a new installment of the Scream horror franchise will follow a woman returning to her hometown to try to find out who has been committing a series of vicious crimes. I mean, that's pretty vague, but... Gives a decent enough idea, but not enough info that we could... Hopefully there's a bunch of surprises that they have in store for us. I'm willing to bet there will be. Yeah. Um, and like I said, so far, it has a tentative release date for January 14th, 2022. Um, and if you're interested, you can go to IMDb and look at all the production pics that they have on there. And there's a picture of Nev Campbell. She looks amazing. She's like barely aged in 25 years so she has been working steadily since scream which is awesome like it maybe not in flashy movies or whatever but like that's what it's every actor's dream is just to make their living doing what they love and i agree i don't i, I don't think she ages period she was in an amazing lifetime movie i saw where <laughs> she played a detective who used to live in an amish community and then left and became a police officer, and then like went back to investigate a series of crimes. Wow. <laughs> I don't remember the name of it offhand, but I was like, oh, yeah, I got to watch this. Nev Campbell's in it, and it's about an Amish murder, whatever. An Amish, uh, <laughs> it's an Amish detective story. You know, I love my Amish stuff. <laughs> I know, I know. And I just looked this one up, and it has the wonderfully creative name of an Amish murder. <laughs> Genius. Everyone go watch An Amish Murder with Nev Campbell. You will not regret it. <laughs> All right. Um, in other news, uh, season or part one of HBO's miniseries The Vow has concluded uh, with new episodes slated to start January 2021. For anyone who may not be aware, The Vow focuses on the Nexium cult and its vanguard, quote-unquote, or leader, Keith Raniere, and allegations from cult defectors of abuse, among other horrible, horrifying things. Raniere was actually convicted on June 19th, 2019 of several federal crimes including sex trafficking possession of child pornography and identity theft all of which were related to a secret society within nexium known as dos or the vow get it that's the name of the show anyway keith apparently wasn't smart enough to avoid his conviction and sentencing even though he said quote, I have the highest IQ in the universe, unquote. So at this time, I'd like to wish Ranieri all the best with his recently announced 120-year jail sentence announced October 27th. Convicts love abusers of women and children. So Keith, prepare to be the belle of the damn volume, son of a bitch. <laughs> 
Um, on a personal note, I got super freaked out when I watched the first episode of The Vow when I realized I'd actually interviewed for a webmaster job at what I've since learned is not actually a Nexium subsidiary, but is apparently a well-known pyramid scheme type group that operates in a similar fashion to Nexium. Um, no word on the sex trafficking part. I've not heard anything about that, but uh, this interview took place, this job interview took place maybe three years ago, and I knew walking in that I didn't want the job, but I swear to God, the hiring manager used some of the same exact rhetoric that we heard in the recruitment footage on The Vow. I won't reveal the company name, but they too were in the, quote, professional development business, just like Nexium claimed. And if hired, I'd be required to go out to LA and take their main course over a weekend. Uh, when I said that I didn't know if I had the money or the time to fly out to L.A., I was told, oh, don't worry, we'd fly you out and put you up. Yeah. Needless to say, I didn't take the job. I mean, the workload was insane and the pay was nowhere near worth it. But when I told a friend about it who was also watching The Vow, she said, oh, yeah, they're very similar to Nexium. Folks have known about them for years. Uh, then recently, when I was listening to the podcast Pretty Scary, shout out to Carrie and Adam. I love that podcast. Uh, I won't say which episode or what it was that they were discussing, but they did actually mention the company I interviewed for in the same sentence as Nexium. This company is based out in LA, so I had no idea that they existed until my interview. And uh, like I said, literally five minutes into said interview, I knew something was off and I didn't want the job. I'm just gonna end this story by saying that maybe a month or so before I was actually fully hired for my current jo day job, I, uh, which I did want to get, I got a call from the manager at the Not Nexium company um, as he was again in the market for a webmaster. He even made a condescending remark about my current position. And since I in no way wanted to work for this dude, I got to tell him to suck it, which was incredibly rewarding. And so, um, Suck it, buddy. <laughs> I doubt you're listening. Like, I'd want to work for the poor man's Nexium anyway. But it was just creepy to watch this show and be like, holy shit, I, I was like two steps away from that. Well, I think the lesson here is, one, always follow your instincts. And two, uh, don't settle. There's always... <laughs> <laughs> Something better will always come along. Um, yeah, I actually kind of pieced out after the fourth episode and I don't know if I want to finish the other five. And like, it was just so long and dragging. How are they doing a season two? Uh, I loved it. And honestly, because we were watching it, I think if I had watched it not knowing what happened with Keith Ranieri, because The Vow obviously aired, what, at the beginning of the spring, mm -hmm. this past 2020. So we already went in knowing what was what the outcome was. The final episode was like where they learned that he's been caught. And it was so worth it. The second season is going to be about what's happening now um, with the those that are left of Nexium. This is kind of a longer story we might have to get into later, but uh, Keith Raniere has to have his voice. And so they showed a preview with the camera showing like him in his jail cell from the outside and like him waving from his jail cell window going, you want to talk? Let's talk. Gross. Right. right. Pass. Hard pass. <laughs> okay. Um, 
Speaking of uh, podcast shout outs, I'm going to give my own podcast shout out. So I discovered this when um, we Spencer and I did a quick little uh, trip to Michigan for our birthdays and stayed on a farm. And it was kind of out uh, in a pretty dark rural area and I wanted to listen to ghost stories at night and discovered this podcast which I'm now a huge fan of it's called comedians with ghost stories it's hosted by comedian Emily Winter and she interviews other comedians about their personal experiences with the supernatural it's funny it's entertaining and every guest has actually like really creepy intense stories of their personal experiences with the paranormal and some of them have had like a lot (laughs) of personal experiences um yeah it's just it's really engaging and the episodes are only like 30 or 40 minutes long so you can binge a bunch if you're in the mood for some ghost stories so definitely check it out um one of her guests this was actually the first episode that we listened to and it was a weird coincidence but that guest used to live in the city that Spencer and I live in now. And she told a really good story about a haunted house that she used to be a nanny at that is literally like a mile away from us. So Spencer reached out to this comedian through social media and was like, hey, you know, we listened to your episode of Comedians with Ghost Stories and I actually grew up in this town and still live there and would you be willing to share the address of this house? And she was like, oh, heck yeah. She's like, here you go. So Spencer and I actually went and walked past this house because we just wanted to see it. And it's this big, beautiful, like three-story house that does look creepy as fuck. Awesome. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the second season is out now. So check it out. Sweet. Uh, anything else, Sharon? Um... I bought a creepy tricycle on Halloween. <laughs> it's funny because when I came over, she came riding in from the dining room on the tricycle and I was just like, oh, hey. And she was really disappointed that I wasn't freaked out by it. But I was like, why would I be freaked out by this? I saw that you had it. And of course, I'd expect you to come riding out of the dining room on your tricycle. We have such a small place and I hate clutter. So it, this has been sitting in our living room. Um, yeah, I don't really know what I'm going to do with it yet, but I know I needed to buy it because if I didn't, I'd regret it one day. So to be clear, this is a child's <laughs> tricycle. Do they make adult tricycles? Yes. Yeah, they do. They do. Yeah. Oh, okay. But this is literally barely two feet tall. Yes. It's not easy to ride. And it's also like, what? 80 years old at least. Yeah. We, we don't, we don't know the, the date, um, but yeah, it's gotta be from at least, the 1960s if not maybe the 40s or the or something i don't know it's kind of falling apart a little bit in one area and then also the um the pedals are really sharp metal (laughs) oh like the old school yeah so it's kind of um hard to ride it barefoot which is what i was doing because it (laughs) it's kind of hurty um but yeah uh definitely did not need this taking up more space in our tiny little place but I fucking love it. <laughs> and yeah, I think that's about it. Um, so Mindy, would you like to do the honors and close us out? I will. Thank you. 
Uh, thank you, everybody. On a serious note, thank you for listening <laughs> to us. Um, join us next week for my discussion on realism, which is an interesting one, let me tell you. Tune in for that. Um, for real this time. <laughs> Probably. Unless anything else comes up politically that we need to talk about or in, in the world. Anyway, you can always write to us at horsetalkhorror at gmail.com. With all of your cult stories, your occult, your cult escape stories, ghost stories, or creepy stories, which we would love to share on the show. Or if you um, bought any sort Ooh. of antique furniture, tricycles, wheelchairs, um, what else? Record players. And, you know, yeah, it's haunted. Right. Especially if it rides itself around your living room when you're not looking. Yes. When we bought this, though, on our way home... We said, if there is anything following us, you are absolutely not allowed nice. <laughs> to come home with us. So, so far, I'm a little disappointed, but the tricycle has not been riding itself around um. our living room at night. Um, but if you do want to see video of me riding it around our living room, you can go check that out on our, <laughs> our Instagram page. Um, please do subscribe, rate, and review us on your streaming platform of choice. Uh, it helps us get more exposure, which of course we deserve, but we also like doing the show and we want to continue doing so. Uh, if you can, please join our Patreon if you want to have early access to episodes, get exclusive episodes and posts, and receive cool gifts. Uh, as always, please be kind to each other. If no matter how you feel about what's happened politically in the past week or so, let's all be kind to each other. Let's all be safe. And as always, thanks, thanks for, for getting, getting creepy, creepy with us. us. Sharon, you want a beer? Uh, oh, my God.